Hello and welcome to The Game Is About Glory. I'm your host, Steph, and tonight it's just me and Milo. Hello, mate. Hello, Steph. How you doing, mate? Oh, what a weekend. Uh, <laughs> as, I, as I told you, it started off with me testing my... Uh, my my 56 year old self at a, a warehouse party with a fat boy slim on friday night which saw me getting at 5 a.m that was absolutely cracking and then because of the time difference here i got up this morning at 4 15 a.m <laughs> for, for for the nld so uh i'm a little bit all over the place and i have to be honest mate i'm a little bit emotionally drained that was a draining but in i mean in all the good ways but whoa i, I found myself in the thick of that one what about you yeah i watched it watched it quietly at home with the my six-year-old son whinging about not being able to watch some heavily kind of product placement um, littered YouTube channel that he's currently into. By um, the way, I got the hint that we should visit Rwanda watching the program we were watching today. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but no, it's, it, uh, yeah, what a great performance. We'll say we're going, we're going to talk about it, but yeah, no, pumped, pumped, but uh, without, <laughs> without a, an early morning finish at a, a warehouse rave. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, but uh, we watched it. Actually, we had our um, SF Spurs uh, Sports Club absolutely rammed uh, to the rafters. Loads of people. It's so great. One of the great things about what's going on out here is with that club. So many young supporters that you've never seen just flooding, flooding in all the time. I mean, it, which is a really good barometer of where we are as a club, um, you, you know, in the States. Really yeah, good. Really good to see. Seeing a lot more shirts around on the streets in, in Blighty. So it's good. There's, a, there's a lot more, yeah, a lot more out and about, which is, is probably the same thing, isn't it? It's a good sign. I suppose we should just start with team selection, right? Let's just start there. We could go on and on and on. This could mm. go all over the place. So help me, help me reel myself in, will you, Milo? Yeah. Well, team selection. Team selection. There's, there's not much to say, really, is there? So Johnson came in for Solomon. And uh, so Brennan Johnson got his debut on the left wing. And uh, pre-game, there's a bit of... Um, Bit of suggestions that it might be Decky out there and, and Brennan on the right, but um, that didn't happen. Otherwise, unchanged side. And, you know, I, I don't think you can argue with the rest of the selection at the moment, really. And, no, you know, it picks itself. So, um, you know, I think, yeah, I think that left wing slot is the, whilst we've got a lot of numbers there, there's not really, um, you know, anyone obvious, the obvious there's- first choice there. So um, I think we'll probably see players rotated there until someone nails down the position. Yeah, and you know we'll get into Johnson's uh, performance. I mean, he certainly uh, did himself no harm at all. I felt I thought mm. he looked really sharp, very lively. Uh, you know, in an attempt to stop myself once again leaping off and getting uh, enthusiastic and, and passionate and so on and so forth about things, let's try and be uh, regimented and disciplined a little bit, and we'll talk about the first half. Um, although I will say I was I was intrigued by by what you'd written in the notes here, where you said we spent uh, we spent a lot of time defending. It's an interesting take. I'm, I'm interested in you to explain explain that first of all, and then I'll give you why I find it to be. I think there's more to it than than just a lot of time defending. But anyway, why did you write that? that? <laughs> I'm intrigued. I write it like that, so then we could talk about it and expand on it. And then, <laughs> so I, I don't I don't want to set up a proposition and then kind of go through it. So it's, it's it was just a starting position. So I mean, I think the first half is maybe not split in half in half maybe maybe two thirds and then one third and i think arsenal pressed very very aggressively early in the early in the half they were going man on man and i think i think it caused us problems you know we were seeing turnovers we were seeing players isolated they were very quick to break come through the back of a player receiving the ball um and it i think we struggled a bit to settle 
early, early in that first half. And then also during that period, you've got Udogi's booking, which jumping ahead in the order. But I think also there was a kind of, he was a little bit unsettled, I think, immediately after that. I think as the half went on, um, I think, you know, we settled into our game. I think it's a real credit that actually we continued playing our game. We didn't panic particularly, you know, we didn't see players playing long. We we stuck to the plan, played through it. There were some adjustments in, ter- in terms of how we were approaching our build-up play. And I think as the half went on, and particularly kind of the last 15, 20 minutes, I think we you know, we, we really came into it and finished the half well. Um, and, you know, just in terms of kind of what that changes, I think, you know, what you're seeing is it, Porro is coming in field. He's taken Jesus with him. Uh, you see Saar popping out into that space, and then you're creating space for the... For the um, to, you know, to come out of the press. Zinchenko has to push up on Saar. That means Deki and Son are one-on-one with Gabriel and also gives the option, because we're overloading that right-hand side, of switching play over to the left and then coming out uh, coming out from there. And I think you know, this is something we've seen with um, with Angel Lott is that he, he waits to see how a team are pressing him and what's happening there. And he'll make little tweaks about who's going where and create space and create opportunities for us to play out. So that's kind of how I saw the first half in a, in a nutshell. Um, and, you know, I, I, the main thing for me is just, is the, I think it's the credit for actually sticking with the plan. Okay. Can I tell you, this is the longest I've ever gone without interrupting. <laughs> Partially, number one, number one, because you've already taken off on the main point that I wanted to make. So I thought, well, <laughs> go with it. <laughs> and number two, because you've just gone back to it. And I think for me, when I read that, uh, we spend a lot of the time defending how comfortable were you with that? I think, mm. And that is the second part of the question that's in our notes is how comfortable we were with that. And I think you're probably asking how comfortable, you know, we would have been in general with the pattern of that first half, even Mm -hmm. that first 20 minutes, which was, uh, you know, which was a a very dominant, um, well, prior to today, a very dominant home side who are used Mm -hmm. to having things their way and how used to being able to force the opposition to capitulate uh, within, within, you know, 10 minutes usually. Um, and and I have to say, even after a couple of yeah, a couple of dithers here and there, we got caught a couple of times loose. I think the commitment to playing our game was so impressive, and and so in a sense, yes, by proxy we were defending because we were getting pushed. But really, what we were doing is, to me, it is an extension of the way Tottenham Hotspur Football Club now play football. Is we play football and we play it from the back. And okay, if you're going to try and press us, that's fine. We're just going to continue doing what we do. Um, and I think, you know, we've, we've sort of done this in the past in a half-assed way, I think, under some managers where we've tried to play it out from the back and never looked sure of ourselves and never really known what we're going to do as we're, you know, once we actually maybe escape the first press. I just, even though it was, you know, we were really dicing with it back there a couple mm-hmm. of times. I still felt very comfortable. I, I, I'm going to hand this. I mean, this is my weekly Vicario atonement uh, 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 moment. He's a major part of why I'm so comfortable with what we're doing uh, back there. I mean, he's he's so good. He's so well, good. And he makes such got, good choices. You've got a direct comparison with the one that you wanted today. Yeah. Um, any yeah, bias it's remorse? a great question. Uh, bias remorse or, or do we make no, the right choice? Uh, I think in the end, uh, I, I, look, I wouldn't have been unhappy with Raya. It has to be said, but I think again, when you, I suppose, when you look at when you look at these things, you're looking at ceilings, right? You're looking at where can a player go versus where he's at. I would have to say Vicario's ceiling right now appears to be sky high. Yeah, I mean, I think he, I mean Raya had that lovely kind of scoop save, didn't he, from Johnson 
in the first half where it was all it was behind him and you know it really impressive Brennan, save. Yeah. Yeah. Um but then you know Vicario had a, a couple of you know really really good saves in that first half as well. That near and, post save from Jesus is top yeah, top draw. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think the the bit I would draw on is and this is one of my concerns with Raya in the summer, in that when he played for Brentford, you know, if you look at his passing stats, they're pretty good, but there, there's a lot of long balls out there. And yeah. what he was tending to do was to throw out rather than pass out. Yeah. And if he's passing, he tends to pass long. And there was a couple of times we managed to panic him into passing out a play, even through through us pressing him. Yeah, and absolutely. Vicario, his you know, his comfort on the ball, his his, his willingness to to wait. And allow a player to run onto him. You saw we saw this quite a lot in the game. Once once he settled settled in, where it was almost like he'd stand there with the ball at his feet and say, <laughs> yeah. "Come on, then press Will- me, press willing me. it, willing and, it, absolutely." And 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 then finding that pass off with kind of the heart, the, the faintest of distance between him and the oncoming player, which is just so. Yeah, I don't, I don't have any buyer's remorse at all. I think he's fantastic. No. And I think Ray is, is a you know, really steady, good Premier League keeper. He's a very, very good shot stopper. Um, yeah, his long passing game is good. I don't think, I don't think he's going to get better than he is. No, his ceiling, and this is the point. I think the Vicario's ceiling is, 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 is imminently higher, especially in the Premiership. And again, the other thing which I think Vicario has brought to us that, and look, I don't watch Ray all the time, so I can't. Uh, what I might, what I'm saying might actually not bear truth under close scrutiny. Vicario's personality and the way he connects with his team and the way he connects with his defence is just first class to me. I mean, you can see him. Um, I think it was Van der Ven who missed the ball around the back. Um, I've forgotten who it was who ran in on him in the first half. It was a he had to make a point blank save, basically. So I remember, and mm. and immediately he just looked up and he was like, "It's okay." Don't worry about it. I think it was actually off the back of Udogi playing a loose ball and Van der Ven not reacting to it, which brings that's us right. nicely into the question uh, that's next posited here, which is, uh, you know, Udogi's booking uh, in, in the first half and how that played out. I mean, what look, what, what, I'll, what I'll tell you is, again, I thought the booking was harsh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say that. And I, I think that, you know, this is part of, he's a unit. And I think that, you know, if I remember correctly, wasn't that on, uh, quote unquote, on Vieira? No, it was on Saka. It was on Saka, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I think these are players who are, mu- who these are crafty players. They know that a bit of contact and they hit the deck and they know how to do it and they know how to stop the game or get decisions or put, the, put a decision to be made in the ref's mind. I, I felt that the ref got played there. I was worried because he's inexperienced in the premiership, but I don't know about you, uh, mate. I thought, after maybe two minutes, he found his meter and uh, and actually went on to be one of the most impressive players in the game. He had to rethink how he was going to handle Saka, and I think he did very well. Yeah, I, I think his second half particularly, I thought he was very strong. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought the ref was a bit of a a bit of a homer, and I, I think you know Udogi did foul. You're a lot, so, lot, you're a lot polite than I was. I can tell you it, that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a doggy did foul Saka. I, th- I think I th- agree. I think it was a bit of a harsh, um, harsh yellow, and it was the same ref we had in the Brentford game. Um, I think it's his big, the, like kind of most high profile, yes, Premier League fixture he's had so far. Although he, you know, he's been refing in the league for a while. I think this is the first time he's actually been on the list. And yeah, I, I thought, particularly in that first half, I, th- I thought he he let the game get away from him a little bit, and um, yeah, wasn't the best. 
Um, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think there was immediately after um, the booking, it was the loose pass back that that um, that caused that problem that you, you mentioned. I, and yeah, I think after that, I think he settled into the game well. And I thought he had a good game. And yeah, yeah. Which does which does tie back in, as I say, to you know to having a, a guy like Vicario. It appears, and again, this is all conjecture. I'm just seeing, you know, reacting to what I see. A, a keeper who's like, hey. No problem. We've got this. Don't worry. Nothing happened. It's all good. It's encouraging. He looks like he's he looks like he's your mate. He looks like he's there for you and he looks like he's ready to fight. He looks a bit mental as well. It must be said, but mental in the good way. Like, you know, he's he's on your side. He could, you know, he's going to go he's going to go your way. And I think it's got to be very encouraging enough. That's one thing I did notice a lot again in the first half. This leadership group that we've been talking about over and over versus Angie's style versus, you know, and giving them the room to learn, and he made direct reference to to you know when talk when he was asked about this Udogi about how much of a learning experience today mm-hmm. was for him and how well he did, and it just that's why you're you're looking at this side and you're like they're being they're being trusted to learn the yeah. lessons in real time. I mean, obviously yeah. there's preparation when nobody, we're not foolish. There's a lot of work that goes in, but in these critical moments, Ange understands. I've done what I can do here. Now it's up to the group to carry it on. Yeah, I mean, I think we've got a question later on about kind of what we've what we've learned from this game and what the players have learned from this game. And I think you know you go into that second half and you've got you know Basuma, Saar, uh, Odogi um, on yellow cards. You know, Saar and Odogi, you know, what twenty years old? You know, just you know, yeah. very young, very inexperienced. Both in you know, if you look go through, I think there were seven players there who had their first. Premier, uh, like North London Derby, yeah. So you know, kind of the levels of experience between the two teams is a, is a huge gulf. Um, yes, and I, I mean, I, I know it's something that we've spoken about uh, in previous seasons where you've got nervy about players on yellow cards, and my yeah. my inclination is towards leaving them on because I think they'll learn from it, and they, they need to come they need to come through that, and you need to learn, you know, whether players can can handle that. And I think today all of those players pass that with flying colours. But what's but but what would we say the common re- the, the the denominator there is? What would be the main reason? It would be the person who is uh, instilling their values in the football club and their manner and the way they behave. So if you're on a yellow card under Conti, immediately it's like, oh my god, I've made a, 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 I've put myself on the edge. It's a mistake. Your your whole mentality is mm. different. I feel with this manager, he's like, as long as you're daring and as long as you're doing what we do as a football club with the philosophy we do it. It's okay, even if you make a stupid mistake. It's okay. I, I mean, I don't, I don't want to spend a pod talking about Conte again because we've done that. I mean, I don't, I don't think he would mind. I don't think most managers mind a yellow card. I don't think a player is going to get slated for that. I think if you look at, I think Conte doesn't like mistakes, doesn't like mistakes that lead to goals. But I think, I don't think he would have had a problem with Udogi doing that. But I think probably, I think probably, you know, where, where you're right is kind of that atmosphere within the camp and the nervousness probably would have, would have fed into stuff there. Um, I mean, I think probably the other thing we've got to consider, we've got to consider, and this kind of almost takes us through to the, the, the second half is that in the second half, we've got a lot more control of the game and that makes it easier when you're on a yellow. If I think if we'd gone into that second half and we were still, you know, Arsenal were pressing us hard and and we were still struggling to play through that, then I think that's probably where those mistakes are more likely to happen and more likely to be costly. And you know, our, our 
um, increased control as the game went on, at least until Madison went off. Madison and Son went off. Um, I think really helped us with that. Yeah, I think we're kind of, I think we're coming uh, around. Um, uh, maybe we're both saying the same thing in different ways. I certainly didn't mean it as a dissertation on managers. What I'm talking about is actually the confidence of the team to not feel pressure. Um, I don't think when I looked at these players today, and when I've looked at them all season, these do not look like players who are under pressure to do anything other than enjoy their football and play their football. Um, and I think we've agreed that one of the most impressive things about the first half, which was a little tougher for us, was that we continue to play our football, regardless of what came our way, um, regardless of going 1-0 down to what you might consider to be uh, uh, you know, an unfortunate goal. I, I, I think if Romero doesn't get his leg on that, there's players lurking behind who are probably going to get on the end of it. Yeah. The only yeah, yeah. slight criticism you could have is, uh, well, there's two. Maybe Johnson's slow to track back and that confuses the defence situation and I think perhaps if as you know it may have been Bissouma's only sort of moment is you maybe would have hoped he could have stepped across and stopped that shot from coming in but these moments happen again you can't you know goals happen right and you can't always blame someone so let's just say it was bad luck um and we reacted to that bad luck tremendously well you know we really did yeah I mean I think in terms of the goal um, I mean Johnson is coming back and um, Johnson the, I think the problem is is that John, both Johnson and Doggy follow the runner leaving yes. Saka free to cut across yeah um, and I, I agree with you that Romero has to do something because he's got two players running in behind him and if he doesn't deal with it then they're likely to they're likely yeah, to score um, I think his he doesn't quite set himself for it so he's he's kind of waving a foot at a bit, and he probably you know doesn't have the control that you you, you know he would hope he had. Um, but yeah, it's marginally inside. He had to deal with it. These things happen. Absolutely, um, it's the only moment that we actually gave Saka the room to shoot like that as well. That would be the only disappointment I have. But again, you know, these are details, and I think that in games of this magnitude and and with this level of of, of skill and intelligence, these are the moments. These are the details you learn from. Um, so. You know, I think the next time maybe Saka doesn't quite get that room, but I think our reaction to it was fantastic. And I'm one. By the way, I don't know about you. I thought Decky had a, had had an excellent game today. I thought he was really good, really strong, constantly a menace, constantly a threat. Didn't lose possession. Um, I, I don't remember him losing possession at all. Actually, very strong on the ball. Um, and 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 just really, really just held some great balance for us. I thought really good today, and I thought he was very impressive as we built towards the equaliser. Yeah, I mean, I think that's down to that, you know, as I was pointing out earlier on about, you know, Pyro drifting in field, Saad going there and that putting Zinchenko away and giving him, him and Son more space. Um, yeah, and, and he, and I think he played well. I think, um, you know, if we're talking about unsung heroes to the game, I thought Poro was absolutely superb today. One of yeah, our best, great. one of our best performers. And, um, it's, it goes under the radar a little bit, I think. He's certainly not one of the people I've seen being, you know, you know celebrated particularly. Um, I, I thought he was really, really strong and yeah. an intelligent, intelligent movement. And, you know, Arsenal got very, very little down his side, you know, as well as what he was offering offensively. You know, There's two great crosses he put in towards the end of that, um, end of the first half as well. Really, you know, really good. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, it's, you know, it's, I think, you know, pretty much everyone had a, had a good game. I think, I thought Saar was, um, a, a, li- a little nervy in the first half. I thought he grew into the game. I think, um, yeah, Basuma was having a hard time early on until Madison start, started dropping deep and helping him out a bit in in midfield. But again, this yeah. is this this is yeah what Ange does is he 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 waits to see how the opposition are pressing you and then and then tweaks things in order to deal with it. And yeah. you know it worked. 
I was thinking about that because I felt that I felt that uh, Bissouma possibly by his own very high standards this season, a little disappointing in that first half. But then when I was thinking it through, you know, one of the threats that Arsenal give you and, and, and is they are so fast. If you're too reckless and if you're too gung-ho, they will rip you apart. And actually, I mean, I felt overall, uh, uh, you know, a sort of a, a catch-all phrase for our performance today was, uh, you know, a most mature performance from uh, an immature team in terms of age. And I thought it was it showed great discipline to, to work that out during the game and to actually not go with your instincts. And then in the second half, of course, you know, the handbrake came off a little bit, the proverbial handbrake. But yeah, I mean, I, I, Arsenal are one of the best pressing sides in the league. You know, after Man City, probably the best, you know, second best. And it's, you know, it's going to be our second, you know, after going to, going to, um, going to City, it's the, you know, going to be our toughest away game of the season. And, you know, Arteta's what, four years into his stint at Arsenal. He's spent yeah. the fortune. He's, you know, he's been, been able to build the team he wants to build. And, he has spent you know, a fortune, and that cup that not enough can be said about that. This this and, team has had tons of money spent on it, tons. And you know we're six games in. We were six games into a new manager, and you know very very you know high turnover of players. Um, you know even the ones that have been at the club for a, uh, you know for a while haven't been featuring. Yeah. And you know had a very 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 different way of playing. I mean it's almost the polar opposite of what we've been playing for the last yeah. four years. So yeah. you know, I said I said last week I thought this was a really good test for us of of how far we've come and we've come a long way, baby. Yeah, I mean I think you know when we look at the equaliser, which oh, you know what that came so what five minutes before half time or so. I mean again it just shows the intent of this side. Uh, and, and the way we play versus perhaps how we would have handled a situation like that before. I mean, you know, <laughs> there's several phases to it. We, we get that ball that comes across and, and Rea's got to push it out. Um, but Adogi challenges high to win mm-hmm. that header, knocks it down. Madison, he's got his back kind of, you know, Saka's almost got him in the, in, in, he's got him, he's got him covered. You know, maybe, maybe before you're like, well, let's just hold possession. Let's just slow things down, get to half time and see. Not this team and not particularly James Madison, who got to think that as that, at that moment where Madison's got his thing and he's then it's Saka, he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to roll him and I'm going to go. And I've just, he's gone. Brilliant move. Absolutely brilliant move. And you think he might have overrun it almost, but he hasn't. Mm-hmm. The finish, I, I, look, once again, I'm not sure what commentary you got. The commentary we got, didn't give that finish nearly the respect it deserves. That is a brilliant finish. That is a world-class mm-hmm. finish. World-class. Brilliant. And it just gets better every time you look at it. What a wonderful goal. What a great, what a, what a, what an epitome of what we're about. Yeah, no, absolutely. A fantastic goal. I think actually kind of the Raya save comes from a, a Brennan Johnson shot, which was, you know, this was a couple of minutes after he'd um, forced the save where Rode scooped it back. And you're right, Udogi wins the header and then Madison's away. And like you, I thought he'd run it too far, but he did really well to keep it in. No. And I thought I thought Saka fouled him in the in the kind of build up to that as well when he was going mm-hmm. past him. Um, yeah, wonderful goal. And I mean, you know, both goals today were, were scored at really key key moments for us. And yeah. to be able to go into into um, into halftime equal, I think you know, level really really helped us and, and put us in a really really strong position. 
Yeah, and it's interesting as well. The important moments of that first half involved the leadership group. I mean, the the whole team's involved. Let's let's not be blunt. But, you know, Romero's stepping up, trying to make something happen at the defensive end of the pitch. He gets caught out. It's unlucky. Um, you know, at the business end of the pitch, we've got uh, our, our captain and, and, and one of our other, like, you know, leaders, uh, you know, absolutely leading by example. But again, the, the whole side, just uh, I thought a credit. And then mm. we get to the second half. Yeah. So come on. <laughs> I suppose, you know, we, we, let's just get to it. Um, Arsenal uh, got a penalty after 54 mm-hmm. minutes. Um, I mean, look, the question that's in the notes is any thoughts on the handball? Uh, of course, we have thoughts. Uh, I'm sure many of you out there have thoughts too. Uh, why don't you Why don't you get yours across first, Milo? I think it's uh, us kick it yeah. off. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about this before we recorded. I mean, I think it's... Um... I think it's a fifty-fifty call, and yeah, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll see in coming weeks them not given. Um, I don't think that Romero could do much other than that. His hands are up, you know, to to steady himself as he's going down. Um, but he does move his arm towards the ball. I don't think he's intending to hit the ball, but you know, his his arm is moving forwards, and um. The shot is, yeah, I think there's a reasonable distance away from him. It's not point blank. It's not very far. So I think those are probably the considerations from, from the ref there. I think it's a bit of a shame in a way because, um, Basuma is behind him and on the line. And I think if Romero isn't there, I think, I think Basuma blocks it. So, um, you know, it's, it's a little bit harsh then to, to, to get the penalty. But yeah, I think, I think it probably was a penalty on balance. So I think in fairness to everyone, I should say that even 20 minutes ago, I wouldn't have been as rational as I'm about to be now, which is basically, uh, I agree with what Milo's just said. Uh, I can certainly show you 20 minutes ago. I'm not sure I did. As I watched the game, I was incandescent with rage. I mean, I'm absolutely convinced. I was actually, I was actually showing people how you slide for a challenge like that and how impossible it is to for your hands or arms or whatever to be anywhere else. But I was looking for deflection rules. I was everything... But as I do a bit of real-time psych evaluation of myself here, I want to share this with you. You know what I loved maybe the most about this derby is that I felt the fucking anger, pride and passion to hate those bastards because we were toe-to-toe with them and we deserved more than we were getting, in my opinion. And that's why that decision annoyed me in that moment. I just thought, fucking Mm. skeezy, lucky bastards again. You know, not managed to score a clear fucking goal today off their own backs. Mm -hmm. Twice we've given it to them or it's been taken from us, depending on. Now, my rational brain tells me that everything you just said, Milo, is correct. But I just want to share with everyone, fuck my irrational brain during the game. It wasn't there. And I'm delighted. I'm delighted that today I remembered how much I hate them. (laughs) I mean, I really am. It was great. And that's as much a product of what we were doing as what they were. They were almost passive bystanders to the resurrection of my pa- of my my pride and passion in this fixture, if you will. So, does that answer my thoughts on the handball? I think so. I think so. <laughs> shall I? Shall I stop? Shall we? Shall we go to what happened quite quickly afterwards? Immediately it was wonderful. Afterwards, yeah, yeah. <laughs> go on. Go on. I'm going to live through you as you describe what oh, happened. Oh, I'm doing this, am I? Yes, so, oh, absolutely. I'm going to um, come off the back of it. If you I mean, I can if you want, but I no, don't know. It's, it's, it's you'll fine. break it down. Moment um, of joy. <laughs> so I, th- I think, you know, Arsenal go a little overboard in their celebrations. Um, I th- <laughs> <laughs> and <Good>. <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> and then 
the game's restarted. Madison mugs Jorginho. It's two on one, passes to Sonny. Sonny slots it home, cool as you like. Um, I mean, I think... Passes it, passes it into the corner like an absolute don. I, I've, oh, um, my God. I've put in the... <laughs> I've put in the notes, should Arsenal's hubris be credited with an assist for that goal? <laughs> you know, whatever it takes. I mean, again, number one, this side does not do anything other than play its football. Number two, we don't let things get us down. And number three, hey, a little bit of the other team's arrogance uh, certainly doesn't doesn't hurt, does it? I mean, I've looked at that several times. I'm not quite sure what's on Jorginho's mind, Uh I suppose you could say that if Jesus had, you know, walloped in his gift from, from Madders in the first half, we'd be saying the same thing. So mistakes like that happen. It's just a case of punishing them. And Sonny right now is so confident and so sure uh, and so happy, I think, to be the number nine. I mean, the weight of the pass was perfect. That 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 finish was absolutely ice cold. It was yeah, brilliant. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, see, on the hubris point, I mean, say, you know, Arsenal aren't a club known for humility. They've put a fucking gold trim on their shirt this year for finishing second, you know, finishing second in the league. Next year, they'll probably give themselves a little star above the crest for winning the charity shield or something, you know. It's... Yes, yes. It'll be a smaller star than usual. Yeah, dimensionally <laughs> proportionate, of course. But you're right. It would be the sort of move they would make. Oh, actually... um, Spurs play um, Spurs play journalists and Spurs journalists in general. Milesy made a really funny comment to to Sonny afterwards. He said, "You know, the, the, another thing about that goal that was great is the angle of the finish allowed him that wonderful sort of wrap around the back mm. of the goal run right in front of the away end and just going up to them." And uh, he said, "There's a, he showed him a photo." of him jumping up in front of those fans. And he said, if you don't have like a life-size framed picture of that, <laughs> I'll be very disappointed. But he was right. It was the perf- It was just the perfect goal to score there because you end up in that corner celebrating. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. And at that point, can I ask you, who do you think is going to win? I mean, I thought the momentum changed at that point. I think, um, I mean, the, the players that Arsenal had to bring on at half time, I think were, you know, significantly weaker than... You know, who started? I think I mean Jorginho was was a good player. So the kind of Chelsea rejects they brought on, um, uh, and Havertz. I mean he's clearly a he's clearly a good technical player, but I've, I don't think I've ever seen him um, kind of assert himself on a game. I think he's just a bit of a passive a bit of a passive player. What is and, he? Is he a forward? Is he a winger? What exactly does yeah, he do? Quite. And I mean, you know, I mean, you mentioned about Vieira in the first half. I mean, I think. Um, he was a pain. I mean, he's got this nasty habit of fouling someone and then going down, pretending to be injured himself, as if he's. Been We're talking about Vieira here, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I said. It's yeah, unbelievable, yeah. wasn't it? Wasn't it ridiculous? Um, but ridiculous. Yeah. But but I thought he was a lot better than Havertz. Um, so yeah, I think um, I, I think they were weaker. I think in, in, yeah, we pushed up. We played a lot higher up in that second half, which really helped us. And then uh, you know, and and their the intensity of their press dropped off. Which again really helped us, and yeah, I think that second half, yeah, I think after that goal, I, I felt the momentum had swung, and it, it felt like that all the way through until Madison came off. And I think when Madison came off, um, we just lost a little, and you know, Sun had gone off as well. And I, I was quite up for Richie coming on. I thought he might, he might enjoy this, but um, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think from what was it about seventy-seven minutes onwards or something like that, wasn't it? I think yeah, we were, we were still in the game, but. Um, yeah, not not yeah, not to the same degree at that point. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think we actually missed a very good chance to go three two up. There's a wonderful blind ball. Uh, I 
think it was from Porro. Mm-hmm. That blind pass inside yep. to Sonny inside. It was a brilliant yep. ball. And Sonny, and I was surprised actually. I think if he hits that first time, it's in the far left-hand corner. Just took a touch and allowed the deflection to come. Um you know, you can't. I mean, look, I'm certainly not going to complain. I thought he had a tremendous game, but we did have a couple of a couple of chances there to go ahead. There was another ball that was there on a plate for him, and he just didn't quite mm-hmm. get there again. I think from from Pedro, just didn't put enough bend on the ball come, uh, as it came around the corner. Um, you know, the, but, but you're right. I think those the substitutions they took some sting out of the game. Um, um, it's, uh, probably, well, it's, it's probably true of both sides. You know, their subs. Yeah. Uh, you know, they dropped off a bit and then when we made our changes we dropped off a bit i mean i thought that kind of that intervening period i thought they looked really scared and that they were nervy and they were struggling yeah and it looked like it looked like we were going to blow them away for a little bit there and again considering where we are in our development and you know we don't have that depth on the bench to the same degree and you know i think um you know it's almost one where you think you know solomon comes on if you put perisic on maybe and you've seen perisic and richarlison um, link up so well. You know, we're going to talk about Perisic and the injury he's got a little later. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think you know maybe that that changes it. Um, no, I I think that's a very good call. And when you know when we say, look, obviously we will talk about the injury, but these are the moments where he has he has made a difference. You know, and in fairness, I will say this for Richie. I mean, he did go very close at the end to finding mm-hmm. the far corner. Oh yeah, I mean he yeah, wasn't, yeah. wasn't far off. I mean, no, that's no, no, def- not at all. if the defender doesn't get a touch on that, that's in that's in. You know, it's a mm-hmm. snapshot that's found its way in. So despite not maybe pulling up trees, uh, he still nearly had the final word of, of, of the day. So, yeah. Well, it was, uh, let's see. We, uh, we, <laughs> I think I, I think I, I introduced this as a question, which you formalized. Should Nketiah have been sent off for the challenge on Vicario? Um, I, I'll just, I'll just say very clearly, I, I thought he should have. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's a red card. So I, yeah, I, I no, was... I agree. I agree. You know, it's it's a dangerous challenge. Ricario's the ball had long gone, um, and Ricario's foot's planted there, and you know he could have broken his ankle. Could have broken his ankle, and um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a strange one. Um, you know, it's it was a big test. Um, uh, look, what what have we learnt that we didn't know, and what have we reinforced that we did know? I mean, I think. I think I think I think this was a kind of we've arrived type performance. I mean, people have been casting. You know, there have been questions about yeah you know, from some, some quarters about who we've played so far this season. You know, a lot of those clubs are kind of languishing mid table or the, the lower end. You know, partly because we've put them there. Um, but you know, this this Arsenal team is the second best or has been the second best team in the in the league. You know, over the last year and you know. Again, people were saying, you know, can we play like this against a good team? Well, yes, and yes, you know, we have gone there, done it. We've, you know, we, we've taken the game to them. We gave them a scare, and you know, I think this Arsenal team is, you know, the the Arteta Arsenal team is probably at their peak right now. This is probably the best they're ever going to get, and we're just starting. So that's you know something to be really excited about. I think. No, well, I think that's an I think that's an excellent observation uh, there at the end. It will lead into you know our penultimate question. Um, yeah, I, I think I think what I learned that I already knew and what I what was reinforced for me was that this side I mean it's probably the fourth time I said this during this pod, but who cares? I'll say it a fifth. This side plays its football. It's not reckless, but we play the way we play, and that's what we do. And we don't capitulate and we don't bend and we don't doubt ourselves. And I think that commitment to our own um excellence Mm-hmm. It is 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 fantastic, and 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 I think it's it's it can, uh, it'll served as a warning 
to everyone in the division, albeit I think there are a lot of managers out there who are very, very keenly aware of who we have and who we are now and who do not take us lightly. Um, you know, I think Arsenal uh, will have found that today. I think I don't mm-hmm. think they disrespected us in any way. I thought they took the challenge very seriously, but I do think they were very surprised with what they got back. Um, yeah, and the thing that I, the thing that I learned was, I learned that these young, despite all the commitment and everything, I learned that these young players, when when faced with a bit of adversity, when faced with maybe a referee that's a little more, as you say, of a homer, which you know that's a new concept, I think for you know for some of these players in the Premiership at any rate, they didn't allow themselves to be unflapped. And and again, I, I have to say that Destiny Doggy for me uh, just really, really showed mm-hmm. maturity beyond his years to collect himself in a couple of minutes and then put in uh, the uh, a really dominant performance you know and, yeah. and 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 so yeah great stuff i mean i suppose you, i think you've actually half answered this question to be honest milo what did you think of arsenal i think i think what you said is is, is absolutely is absolutely bang on this is a, i think this is as good as it's going to get for them with this setup mm-hmm. yeah agree with that agree with that yeah. doesn't it feel it feels a bit like a, it feels a bit like another club in north london <laughs> uh, from a not too distant past in that sense they feel like they're at that crossroads like this is a massive season for them yeah i mean in massive. My past, yeah i mean i don't think they'll ever get a better chance than they did last season than they threw it um and you know i think yeah, they may well plateau for a while they've got some good players there i don't think they're going to nosedive in terms of form but i don't no. think i don't think there's necessarily another step for this team um so uh, yeah i think um they need to be winning things now otherwise it, you know it, it's going to it's not going to happen. I was alarmed. I will say one thing. I was alarmed at how reliant, with Martinelli not on the pitch, and Odegaard largely kept pretty quiet, I have to say. Um, I was alarmed at how much they rely on Saka. Mm-hmm. Their reliance on Saka is 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 actually, I think, um, quite risky for them. Because yeah, the Guardian did a really interesting story. Um, and excuse me for spending another minute of this pod talking about an Arsenal player. Uh, they did a really interesting story on his Achilles and and how he's just playing and playing and playing. And I do wonder. We say they won't nosedive. Uh, maybe I'm getting into the land of dream here. But you know, if if Saka was to get hurt for five or six weeks, or have to take five or six weeks out, I, I, I they do seem like where is it going to come from? Yeah, I mean they've got they've got other players to come back. So they probably yeah, have. I mean, that's just yeah. me. That's yeah. just my hatred but, coming out actually. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's wrap up this game. Let's wrap out. up yes. this game. Yes, yes. Uh, do we think a draw was a fair result? Probably, probably. <laughs> Get, I mean, grudging. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it probably was a fair result. I think, you know, if we'd done a little bit more during that really, really strong period in the second half, then I think we could have won it. Uh, but we didn't. And, uh, you know, given that they had a really bright start... You know, I think it's probably the only th- the only question mark. You've already mentioned it is they didn't score a, a goal from open play, um, which maybe takes the shine off it a little bit. But yeah, I think it probably was a, a draw. Probably was a fair result. Yeah, I my logical mature head tells me that a draw was the fair result. My somewhat non uh, semi non logical says if I look at the stats, they they err slightly in our favour, which shows we should have won the game. My completely illogical conclusion is that Arsenal were lucky to get away with a point today and we nearly t- gave taught them the lesson that they needed to be taught. So somewhere in there there's some uh, there's there's a common sense answer. <laughs> it's probably yours. But should we uh, do one positive, one negative? Go on, you sure. kick it off. Uh well uh, we've we've gone over the positives so many times. I would just re-encapsulate again that this team is playing 
the sort of football we want them to play when they want to play it, which is all the time. And we saw that again today. Massive positive, massive positive. We went there and didn't sit down and didn't allow them to get into our heads. Uh, it was, it was, you know, it could have been any other away game and we just showed up and played brilliant. The negative is that we did, sadly, uh, you know, not really through any fault of our own, but it is a statistical fact. We gave them their two goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree with those. I think, you know, the only positive I'd add, I'd add to that is that we're still unbeaten in the league, which is, you know, when we looked at this fixture list, I think we would have been very, very happy with. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right. By the way, this may be a little more information than you uh, would, would find necessary, but I, I, I do just want to add, uh, you know, when I was a... Uh, when I was getting my togs on for this morning's uh, uh, escapade, as it was here, uh, you know, I had my, my Spurs top, tracksuit top, like, you know, jeans. And I've uh, favoured Adidas shoes recently quite heavily. And, you know, I actually refused to put them on at the last minute because I realised I could not watch this game with any Adidas on my person. Does Is that a sign of insanity, immaturity, or is that, uh, did I do the right thing? I mean, I didn't. I did, yeah. Do, 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 do your Adidas trainers have a gold trim on them to no, 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 ce- no. celebrate second place? <laughs> no, they don't. But I just felt even honouring the, the Adidas on a day like this uh, would have been cross-pollinating it with uh, with my Spurs top would have been would have been uh, sacrilegious, maybe or blasphemous. Even is that mm. am, I, am I losing it, or is that is there common sense to that? Oh, whatever works you for you, mate. That? Whatever works for you. <laughs> do you want to answer? I'm uh, not. Too much to think about, really. I was so fired up. I didn't have, I didn't have any branded sportswear on, so. Uh. <laughs> oh, so fired up, hasn't it? But before we go, I've got to ask you this, honestly. Isn't it just nice to feel it again? Isn't it nice to go there with your chest puffed out, feeling like, yeah, we're going to give you a fucking game today, and then to come away from there having given them a fucking game? I mean, doesn't that feel great? Yeah, absolutely. I think... Um and I think Ange won the tactical battle today, which I think is, yeah. you know, is key. And you know, at the end of the game, I was thinking, oh, I'm looking forward to getting you back at our place. Oh, absolutely. I agree. You know, yeah, because we'll, we'll be better then. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, yeah. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Let's, I suppose we should, go, we should go to the week that was. We should do. Um, we were talking about this. We just touched on it, actually, in the match discussion, uh, weren't we? Which was uh, Ivan Perisic's uh, injury which happened earlier in the week, uh, an innocuous um, uh, training ground incident, which ended up with a serious anterior cruciate ligament injury. Uh, it's awful. I mean, it looks like he will miss the rest of the season. Um, he's in the final year of his contract. So, yeah, we might have seen him play his last game for us. I don't know. The way Ange talked about it, though, he uh, said that he'll be back and fit and strong as soon as possible. And I get the impression that Ange doesn't throw those phrases out just to sound nice. I wonder if he, I wonder if he'd give him an extra, an extra year if he gets no, fit again. No chance. You know, so? Absolutely okay. no chance. Okay. I mean, we we were, you know, I think we would have sold him in the summer if we got a decent bid. Um, there's there was rumours of you know of him going back to to Croatia. Are you, are you are you up for a coffee bet? I do this with my wife often when we're watching things on television, and I'll say, oh, "I bet this is going to happen," and she's like, "No, it won't." I'll, I'll bet you a coffee, and I don't mind losing a coffee over things like this. Are you prepared to bet a coffee on this? What that he doesn't stay another year? That 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 if he gets fit, that Andrew give him another contract for a year. Yeah, yeah. There's no chance he's staying. So is that year. is that? Are you prepared yeah, yeah, no, to take that? that? I, 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 and it's I'm a premium a premium drink. I mean, this is not just a, a cup of drip I'm, coffee. I'm, if you want a latte, or if I want a latte, 
you know, whichever it is. I mean, I'd, 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 <laughs> I'd rather have a drip coffee, a coffee. I'd rather have a filter, just a very good one. Okay, well, it will be an excellent if, – if indeed you win, it will be an excellent one, trust me. Okay, well, that's so, our first coffee bet on the board. Uh, yeah, by the end of this but, t- season, I hope to be mega caffeinated off the back of Milo's back or I, I think, the I, other way around. <laughs> I, I think it's really unlikely. I think, okay. you know, I think, he's, I think he's done well, but I think, um, you know, and it may well turn out that his last yeah, real contribution was to plant the ball on Richie's head for the, um, the equaliser uh, last weekend against uh, Sheffield United, which, yeah. you know – you know, not not a bad way to go, but no. yeah, I, I can't see him staying. I think you know, I, I was expecting him to go in January or or the summer. I don't I don't see that changing. Okay. And yeah, yeah, I think I, I, yeah, I think he wanted to go back to Croatia as well. So I'd expect that to happen. Well, Ange and Ivan, if there's anything that needs to tip this decision in your balance, uh, mine's a double cap. Thank you. Uh, there, so uh, that's what we're looking for here. So let that be a motivation for Ivan, hopefully, hopefully to get fit first and foremost. And let's hope that whatever he wants to do with his career or his life, that he gets back to full health and fitness. He deserves, obviously, I, to do that. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the question you know, about whether it's, you know, how much of a loss it is, I think it's an interesting one because I think, you know, as we said actually at the beginning of the discussing the Arsenal game, you know, we, we've got a lot of players who can play on the left of uh, of the front three. You know, uh, you know, Johnson played there today. You've got Solomon. You know, Son can play there and, you know, played there early this season. You know, obviously we've seen Richie play there in the past and, you know, it was, it was you know, his main position when he was at Everton. Um, you know, Decky could p- potentially play there. Madison could potentially play there. Um, you know, I know you, know, you mentioned last week about Sessignano, whether he gets a chance, you know, if he, if he come, if he, if he gets fit again. Um, and, you know, that's before January, then, you yeah. know, if he, if he gets on the pitch, that's probably where he'd get on the pitch. Um, so there's a lot of depth there, but I don't think, uh, you know, unless Johnson really nails it down, I, th- I th- I'm not sure that there's a, at the moment, there's not an obvious first choice in that yeah. position. Um, so it's an interesting, interesting area. And, um, yeah, if Johnson doesn't nail that position down, then I'd imagine that that's a position we'd be looking to bring in a first choice player uh, either in January or next summer. Um, so I think, you know, certainly in terms of, you know, seeing the game out, I think, you know, Perisic had almost, you know, made himself that kind of last, you know, final 20, final 15 player. And, you know, particularly against teams that sit back he's a real asset and we don't really have anyone else in the side who can do that from that position i suppose you know from crossing you know, Matt, you know so madison and decky are probably the best too sunny's sunny's good but you don't you know, if he's playing at Poro's, nine you don't want him out there poro's, no, poro's great. pretty good poro's great yeah, yeah but you're so, not gonna put you're not yeah. gonna put poro out there um no but yeah yeah it's um I think it is a loss. I think I think the squad yeah. was stronger with him in it, and I th- he'd started the season well and made an important contribution. Some important contributions. It, it, it's a loss, but again, we go we go back to the the man who's uh, you know uh, who's managing our football club. Such is his mentality and such is his way of thinking that these you know potential losses that look. I mean, we will debate and discuss as we do because we're supporters. But for him, the player's unavailable. Yeah, I can't do anything about it. I'm gonna I'm gonna work with the wonderful tools I have. There's nothing else to say, and that is how he operates. And I think that he's he cuts down, he clarifies stuff things so well. And this will just be another point of clarification for him. And I can almost imagine him being asked, and maybe he did get asked, and I missed it. You know about Eva? I'd be like, well, mate, he's not available. There's not much I can do about it. You know, and uh, I love that attitude, and I think that's why I think we're going to be okay. <laughs> So shall I talk about Scott Munn, who officially started work as Chief Football Officer last Thursday? Despite, yeah, despite being seeing at an airport in the summer, right. hanging out with Daniel, having a coffee. <laughs> 
has stolen my lines despite officially not working for us until this week he's been attending games this season he happened to be in some of the same locations to our squad during the summer pre-season tour and accidentally managed to find himself in the same branch of Costa Coffee at London City Airport as Daniel Le- Levy earlier in the summer you see um, I just slobbed in and kind of nicked a little bit you you said it in a lovely way you, 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 uh, you, you, you nicked the pun- punchline but yeah what he did do it, I, I'll it. just I'll just take <laughs> I'll just take this bit. So on the on the first day, what he did do is wheel the axe and uh, say goodbye to Leonardo Gabonini, um, who left his role as chief scout on Thursday. Uh, Gabonini was appointed by former director of football Fabio Paratici. Last he served a year, a year and a summer, um, and said to work closely with Ange and Daniel Levy on recruitment over the summer. Were you surprised by this, Steph? I was. I was surprised by Gabonini uh, leaving his role as chief scout. Very surprised. Yeah. I mean, not. I, I don't keep a close tab on what's going on back there, but you know, I mean, it seemed like everything was cooking nicely and everyone was getting on and so on. But uh, I, I mean, frankly, I wasn't even sure that I, I thought Munn had already started. I mean, all of this has been going on very quietly in the background, hasn't it? And so, yeah, it was a surprise. But obviously, he is not part of what Scott Munn's. Uh, projected yeah. future is um, and has made note of the fact he wants a, a, a sporting director a proper one so maybe it's putting a, a square peg or a round peg in a round hole rather rather yeah, than I mean, making the, the, the best of Gabonini I don't know I mean, the, the rumours are that a new director of football's announcements are you know, imminent um, I, you know you've got to assume that maybe they want to bring in their own team and Gabonini yeah. was one of Paratici's men I think the other rumours are that you know, I think Paratici's um, uh, kind of consultancy role with us is also meant to be finishing when the new director of football starts. So, yeah, I mean, I think it, I think it makes sense if you've got if you've got um, we, yeah got them coming in, new people coming in. We we should I think spend a minute. Uh, well, maybe this is my confessional. Uh, I'm all full of confessions and all sorts this week. Maybe this is mine. Maybe you'll join me. I mean, look, Paratici, who was uh, obviously uh, for me um, a subject of some ridicule for some time, possibly on uh, things to do less with football than his general persona and the way he operated. But when all is said and done, if his quote-unquote consultancy or whatever the hell it is he's up to right now is over, we will look at the players that he brought into this football club over the last two, three years, and we will say he did a fine job. I mean, the facts are the facts. He has done a fine job, despite the ridicule of of cynics like myself. When you sit back, you have to give it to him. Yeah, I mean, I, I was always quite keen on the business he'd done. I think, uh, you know, I remember talking about kind of, you know, club signings versus, uh, you know, as, as Conte liked to call them, club signings versus, um, you know, kind of manager signings. And I was always quite impressed with the club signings. I think they've turned out to be better than <laughs> than the manager yeah. ones on a whole. And, um, yeah, I think I think he did all right. You know, I mean, obviously, um, you know, the club's name getting dragged through the dirt by association wasn't wasn't great. And I think right. um I think the way we handled that was was poor. But yeah, in terms of recruitment, I think he's been he's done pretty well. And yeah. but, you know, we we look to be moving away from a kind of you know, kind of contacts based approach towards a you know more data based approach. And again, maybe this is where Gabonini doesn't fit because, you know, maybe if he's brought in by Paratici, maybe you know similar in terms of the contacts. I don't know. I don't know. But you can't you can't yeah. argue with the players he's brought in. They've they've been great, and you know this team you we're can't. seeing out this team we're seeing out there at the moment. I think is in Paratici's shape as much as it is Angie's shape, really. Yeah, and I I will say I read earlier in the week as well that. Um, Udogi's agent uh, made comment, actually specifically commented on on Paratici's work with getting Udogi in and said, look, you know, there were several clubs, you know, who wanted him, but he came in 
with an extremely aggressive and, and very, very forthright plan as to how he wanted to develop the player and the fact that the player would be a first-team mm. player within a season. He said, and I, we were really impressed by that. And that's really what tipped the balance for us in, in making the move to Spurs, yeah. which I, you know, so the, you can't get, you, you can't get a higher endorsement than that because I think we'd all agree that right now, Doug is probably one of the most impressive uh, uh, players in, in the Premier League. But so he, he, hats he, off. He did great today against one of the best, um, you know, one of the best wingers yeah. in the league. He's got, he's got the other one in that position next weekend. So you would have a re- real test of measure. Just one, one last thing actually on, on this to so say, obviously, Vicario was, you know, a pretty almost certainly yes. a, a, a Paratici signing. I forgot to mention this during the game, but Vicario's parents were in the away end, end today. And oh, really? Were, oh, yeah, great. And were singing along with, with oh, the songs brilliant. and everything. I so, know that. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Is there any, is, is there anything, uh, have you seen any, any, like, I've seen photos phone of the clips back, online? I've seen photos of the back of their heads. So, oh, but great. Yeah. The back of their heads as they turn around and uh, offer sign language to the to the gooners in the upper deck, right? That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, on Tuesday, the club held the first fan forum for six years. Um, this is, I think, pretty significant. You know, season ticket holders and members had a chance to apply to attend. We were just talking about you and I got invited. Um, you know, I, I think everyone who's got a membership mm-hmm. of season ticket was invited. There's the, everyone. That is everyone. Uh, Daniel Levy, Ange, Sonny, Beth England and Robert Villaham uh, took questions from host Nihal Art. I'm going to butcher poor old Nihal's name. Nihal Artanaki, right? Artanaki? Nihal, that's what I would say. Right, yeah, but with a lot. Well, with my Are last we, name, I like to try and get them right. But yeah, no, that's true. Anyway, but believe me, folks, my last name gets butchered on a regular basis. Um, so anyway, anyways, host Nihal for an hour before it was opened up to questions from fans for the final half an hour. Um, well, look, I mean, did did we? But what do we both think? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think I think this is to be encouraged. I really hope this becomes a regular thing and that we get one of these, you know, at least once a year and. I, I, you know, it's an hour and a half. If you're on stage taking questions, even if you're not the only one, an hour and a half is quite a long time to be you know, facing, you know, questions. And, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, doing that, putting it up on YouTube and, and Spurs play is really good. I thought there was a really nice range of questions. You know, there were some tough ones there as well, but there's some nice lighthearted ones as well, which gives you a bit of, um, you know, light and dark and, and texture. And you know, so, so we, we do all this pod, doesn't it? <laughs> to kind of mix yes. up the serious stuff with this, with the silly. I've, I've seen mm. some people kind of complaining about that. And I think they're people who, you know, probably wanted people to shout, what about the ticket prices? What about the ticket prices? Uh, <laughs> Daniel Levy for an hour and a half mm. and, or, um, just, you know, shout about him at, at him about past mistakes, but I mean that wouldn't. You know, if that was what happened, then we'd never get another one. And um, <laughs> I, I, I thought it was really good. And you know, you, you and I were talking before we come on. I think there's been the club have clearly been a little bit more open over the last few months since the since the summer. And I think that's to be encouraged. You know, one one of our biggest criticisms was that they kind of hid away and and weren't available and you know didn't take questions and didn't respond. And, you know, I think a combination of, you know, Fab, this, you know, the other interviews that Levy's given recently, you know, Ange is being interviewed by all and sundry, you know, a week doesn't go by where we don't get two or three long form Ange interviews. It's actually this week, it's actually been a struggle to keep up with all the stuff to watch in order to kind of, you know, write the script and and be ready for this pod because there's just so much out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's, you know, we knock, we've knocked the, uh, the board Mm-hmm. The chairman uh, on this pod um I, I think we're always actually very fair 
in our criticisms and observations um and and we also are a pod that will offer praise uh when it when it praises due and i think we're afraid to do that and i think this is one of those examples where you know the direction is absolutely right someone has finally finally understood that you need to to deal with mm-hmm. some of the issues they've been questioned on head on that there's no getting away from it that you need to sit down and face face the music, whether it's a ballad or whether it's a fucking thrash metal ear ear acre. You know what I mean? You've got to you got to do it. I think Daniel has obviously, uh, well, maybe it's not obvious to me. It looks like he's had a little media training. Yeah, you know, a little bit of a little bit of a uh, training. He's he's very adept at speaking, but maybe a little refresher. I would say mm-hmm. feels like he's had a refresher. I, feels like the whole club has had a refresher in I, terms of its communications, and that's I, to be encouraged. I wouldn't be surprised if they're getting some external help with this and yeah. they're being advised. Um, I, I, it looks to me, yeah. you know, we, I, 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 think I, I think I spoke last week about some of the uh, social media contents a lot better. Yeah, um, it is. It's great. You know, all around. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they've, they've brought in an agency or someone just to give them some advice and help them out because it's been marked the improvement over the it last has. It, you know, it, four or five months. We talked about Spurs play and Spurs play TV, and 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 again, I, th- I draw a little attention to it because those are journalists and reporters that we've had in house at the club for some time, and finally they're getting a, a, a more of a, a platform, more of a voice. I feel uh, to be them, and and they are fans, and and it does help. It does. I mean, the post these post shows are great that mm. they do. Yeah, um, and- you know they are. They're they're very fun, and you feel even that little bit of banter we were talking about earlier, which I was uh, pointing out between uh, Milesy and Sunny. That's that's the sort of stuff that you want, mm. um, and so any anything that puts uh, that puts the club closer to the fans is a good thing. And look, I mean, I, we may not necessarily always like Daniel Levy's choices or even his answers. I mean, he doesn't always say what you want him to hear. Neither should he. He should just speak his truth. And I do feel, at the very least, that we're hearing his truth. I, I do feel that. I mean, people will dispute that, but I, I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'd agree I agree with that. Yeah, just one fun thing. I thought Beth England was so impressive. Yes. I think, you know, I think, you know, obviously, Ange and Sonny are going to get a lot of the um, attention. I thought Beth England was was really impressive. Um, I'm really pleased she's been made women's captain. And, um, yeah, she, I, I, I was just really, really impressed with her. Oh, I love the way she addressed uh, the LGBTQ plus uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, topics and questions. Uh, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was superbly articulated, and actually made me like my club even more. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, absolutely, it's, it, absolutely. It's, it's really, yeah, I, I agree. And and you know, I have to go back to the host. I thought he did a very good He's job. Brilliant. That's not an yep. easy. That's not an easy situation to wrangle. You know, you 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 can't be obsequious, but you can't run and hide either. I mean, it's like, yeah, but you can't like hammer people either rather is what i'm saying no did a great job so overall it was good yeah it was it and, was it was well done and if you didn't love Ange enough already insisting on taking one oh, more question at the end from from that lad was just um we're just i know i know i say this every well, week we're just so lucky to have him because he's just the most like tuned in and yeah just he's great well his answer to that someone asked him about that and he le- turned around and he said Oh, there's nothing really to it, mate. It was just an extra question. We had the yep. time to do it. He goes, and it wasn't going to be significant to anyone uh, more than it was going to be to him. Yeah. So let him ask it. Just beautifully handled as well. Yeah. You know, yeah, he's just, he is, he's like the equalizer. And I don't mean that fucking movie character. I mean, he just equalizes everything around him and brings it. He's, he's a bit zen, isn't he, in his own way? I mean, he is a bit zen. I th- I'm not sure he'd like that as a... 
Uh, yeah, but but he's he's definitely all about like keeping things simple and the moment, but also mm. with this incredible commitment to like doing things the right way. Yeah, yeah. The word the word simple is is often knocked, isn't it? We always oh simple. Oh, that, oh, that's an insult. But I don't mean it like that, and I know you know I, that. Um, yeah, he's yeah. just. I just, I just think he's really grounded. That. We'll get a chance to talk yes. about him again. I know. Sorry, God, but God, bring me back to bring us back to Should, focus. Go on. <laughs> so on Wednesday, <laughs> Daniel Levy gave an interview with Bloomberg. Uh, the interview covered a lot of the same ground as the fan forum the night before. Um, and probably the most interesting bits were Levy was talking about the sale of Harry Kane, him admitting that he made mistakes hiring Mourinho and Conte. I thought what was interesting with this one is he, he did say I um, when he yes. was talking about Mourinho and Conte yes. here. I think at the fan forum he said we, but he was yes. saying I here. So I don't know whether the consultants they've got into helping with the <laughs> PR and everything and the training had told him to get that right. But I think there was a, a little difference there. Uh, he also it's a massive the, difference yeah absolutely he also said that they'd received numerous offers to sell the club over the years but the right offer hadn't been made yet but he did say that you know they were opening to selling or new investment coming in if if the right offer was made and i think inevitably this probably raises questions about whether this was a, a shop window interview you're giving an interview with you know bloomberg of you know kind of all you know broadcast or publications um and you know who their who their viewers are i think maybe that i think maybe that, that that's a question there so anyway same yeah, questions before maybe. did you watch it what do you think i did i well i listened to it actually i didn't watch it i got i'd listened to the audio file was what i listened to and yeah no i mean you've captured it i think the big takeaway from it is uh we, we've already talked about the fact he's he's on a bit of a circuit or was on one last week um yeah i mean the big takeaway as you say was from we to i that yep. that's all that that for me that's that you know that's enough that's okay just uh, just admit it and what i think is interesting is and this makes me wonder sometimes about uh, who he is and 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 the way he thinks because he didn't qualify it he just said we you know we wanted to win yeah and and we picked a winning uh, uh, and i made a decision so, but it was very there wasn't any analysis it seemed like it was a very binary move for him well, he, when it really he, isn't he or did wasn't. talk he did talk about that and the, and the interviewer did press him a bit more because it, yeah. like the night the, the fan forum he talked about players pressuring for yeah, yeah. win now managers yeah yeah um and in this interview he did say you know i mean he was very complimentary about all of the managers he's appointed he didn't single anyone he out he didn't criticize anyone and i think no. when he talked about Mourinho and conte just they weren't the right you know in hindsight they weren't the right fits yes. for us um and you know and similarly kind of magnanimous about um about potch as well but he did say that um he kind of, i think he said they kind of got sorry, I, I did make a note there sorry let me just kind of skim through my notes and get mm. uh, get down to this bit um he did he did say about them kind of becoming restless for success almost. And I think he was beginning to explain why they parted ways with Poch, you know, when they did. Yeah, um, no, I think what's fascinating for me though, uh, what was, uh, you know, we, we, we think that someone of his position would make decisions like that based on, on, on a far greater sample size than being frustrated and wanting to win and the frustration of see it being so close to that Champions League trophy that night in Madrid. You know, you start to you start to think, well, there must be much more to it. But what I've come away from is maybe there wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> which uh, I, which I find which I find astounding, but nonetheless, at least he's being honest about it. I think the uh, there's bit, got to be more to it. I don't know. I don't know. The, the other bit I thought was interesting when he was talking about uh, Harry Kane's sale this summer, where he was saying that Kane hadn't asked to leave, but that he wasn't willing to commit to the club at that point, yeah. and 
I think the term he used, you know, we're self-sustaining football club. They couldn't allow him to carry on and leave uh, on a free. So yeah. when Bayern made an offer that was acceptable and Kane was clearly willing to go there, then they, they had no choice was effectively what he said. But he was also quite complimentary about Bayern Munich and the negotiations, which is <laughs> which was. is interesting considering people were kind of reading into stuff you know, because of the antics of the, ju- uh, the journalists or... Um, you know, one of the kind of 10 billion different presidents the club seems to have. Right. Yeah, any, any, anyone who's ever pulled on their, pulled on their shirt more than 10 times becomes an honorary president or something and then, uh, gets Correct. quoted, quoted in the papers. And you, I think everyone at the time thought, oh, you know, that's going to add another 10 million to the, to the fee or whatever it was every time they said something. I think I got the impression from that that he, it was water off the duck's back. He knows that, that all that kind of stuff goes on, and um, and, and yeah, it didn't really matter. But yeah, I thought it was an interesting interview. If you haven't watched it, I'd, I'd, I'd yeah. recommend people to give it a, give it a listen or give it a watch. It's up on up on YouTube as well as I don't know where you listen to. They have got their own podcast or something. It was radio? Oh, I can't remember. I I think I just yeah I think I listened to it at Bloomberg dot com. I can't remember. I I think right. I just typed in Daniel Levy Bloomberg and it popped up with that audio file. So, uh, for, for all you um studied internet followers. Uh, please do what I did type into Google Daniel Levy Bloomberg and it will bring you to uh, an, an oral or indeed visual uh, rendition of that chat I, well, can I ask you a question here off mm. the cuff I think we've got time to do this if there was one question that you could have asked at that forum that was a little cheeky I'm not talking about you know a deeper one like but one that was a little cheeky maybe addressing maybe maybe it's about a rumor or a bit of gossip or something that you could have asked what would it have been Sorry I've just uh, I, I'm not going <laughs> to I'll answer that in a second I was just thinking back to Sonny talking about the huddle before mm. the um the Brentford game where he said that he uh, texted oh, yeah. uh, Madison and Cootie and uh, great, Madison it? Madison messaged him straight back and he's still waiting to hear from Cootie it was just lovely and really funny great when he described them running at running going to the huddle and, and Cootie's like what are we doing he's like never mind just come with us it's like we'll see you'll find out like yeah it was great yeah um yeah. I don't know what would I ask it's something silly well, it didn't have to be silly. It could be semi-serious, but any sort of little bit of uh, gossip or sort of... Let me give you a prompter, I, because I've obviously I, set this up because I've got one. You've got one. I was going to say, I, th- I probably would have asked who smells nicest. Oh, that's very, that is very, that's, that's very innocent. I would have, I would have asked Daniel, <laughs> I would have asked Daniel if it was true that they locked Kane out of the training ground before right. his move. That would have been my. That would have been the one I would have wanted the answer I, to. Yeah, you you know that story came from Matt Law though, so it's it's um, probably slightly uh, exaggerated that story. I, uh, who I, knows? I, I would have liked to have asked. Let me just yeah. say that. <laughs> but anyway, why why uh, why why put an why put well, a negative I mean, I spin think, on something think, that's overall positive? The, that's yeah, said. If you're asking that, the follow up question is: and why didn't you lock Mourinho out before he spent three <laughs> hours going around telling everyone that they should leave the club? You know. <laughs> Well, the greater question I would have obviously had is why didn't you lock him out before you'd invited him in? But, you know, there we go. Anyway, yes. Um, well, we're going to – well, I, I did – I have to say I did not see this interview and I'm going to go and look at it. Uh, I'm probably going to watch it as soon as we finish recording mm-hmm. uh, because it is another Ange interview. And as you mentioned, he's been doing a fair few. Uh, but it, uh, it was interviewed by Gary Lineker on Football Focus. I used to love Football Focus when I was a boy. Jumpers for goalposts, yada, yada, yada. Gary Lineker, a pretty good, uh, you know, ex-pro journalist. 
this seems like it's going to be a, a good watch and a good listen. You, you'll tell us, right? Uh, because it, apparently he talked, Ange talked about his background, his relationship with his dad, his football philosophy, his career to date, which he did also touch on in the fan forum, it has to be said. Yeah, but. yeah I, I didn't learn a lot about Ange. I didn't already know in this. He kind of ran through um, yeah, quite a few of the things he's talked about before. Um, I think one of the things that... I've been really, I was really impressed with. He was talking about um, being an being an immigrant, being a refugee, and arriving yeah. in Australia. And I think it's it's so important that he talks about these things because yeah, yeah they're, they're, you've got the most desperate people on the planet being um, vilified in pretty much every country and and at every and, opportunity and, and in the press and all the rest. And we don't get you know, and, and largely they're voiceless. They don't get a, a chance to answer back, and to have someone talk about that and say what that was like, and you know, he was in a refugee camp in Australia, and yeah, I, I, I think is is really important, and I, I, I really hope that people, yeah, I, I fear that people won't make the connection or or disassociate it from you know the, the you know, whatever the kind of yeah you know, the latest kind of media scare story is being whipped up, but I really hope people take the chance to have a listen to about that and and just have a think about it and. Just be a bit more humane. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, every interview that I've I've seen him give and everything he says, again, he's got this, uh, it's a very dialectic thing that he does where he's putting forth something that is actually extremely complicated in many senses, but is ultimately very simple. Uh, and and they and they they both exist in the same space and they both exist in the same medium. But he's managing to make both work really well, um, yeah. uh, both within the club, I think, because there's no doubt. Daniel Levy even said it during the fan forum that Ange is in a great way responsible for the turnaround in the atmosphere, in the corridors, mm-hmm. and around the stadium and the training ground. You know, and also on the pitch, things are being kept simple enough. For, for players to be able to enjoy expressing themselves in this in this somewhat I mean and it, but it's not necessarily simple football so but they've given the mental they're given the mental freedom but he's not shackling them he's addressed this though he's and he said if you think it's simple then good you know because because I'm doing yes. you know you, you've fallen for it it's not simple it's really it's really difficult but it's different right. it's different to what the last guy did what I'm trying to say is and I should clarify it because uh, I know usually usually that point you know you 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 know what i was saying so if if you're not catching it i definitely want to clarify no it's not simple at all it's very comp it's 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 complex stuff and it's detailed but i think he's giving the players the mental freedom Mm -hmm. uh, he's not complicating them mentally with being able to take it on and apply it he's giving them the freedom and the trust to do it and i think just having that calm atmosphere that he seems to yep. have brought to the club enables things that are complicated to be absorbed in a simple fashion if you know yep. what i mean it's yeah, a, absolutely. so wow we're getting this is this is becoming another we're getting we're getting deep again aren't we we're, get, <laughs> we're almost getting like and i have to mention this because and I, I don't like to mention ex-managers and i know you don't like me to but you brought this up in in the thread and i did think it was hilarious i mean being uh, that he was once you know my former betrothed so to speak uh, to see Potch talking about lemons uh, and all different coloured lemons at Chelsea and then to talk about and then to answer the question as to whether limes are lemons and they're like brothers and sisters of lemons or whatever. I was, I was, my God, I have to say, I read it and I thought, 
goodness gracious, I thought, this is absolutely bonkers. But, like, <laughs> but he was into all this horse shit when he was with us. I mean, I, well, you know, I know, but I know, but it wasn't quite that. But was it? Was it yeah, quite that it was bad? exactly. Was I blinded? Exactly that bad. Yeah, I, he I never remember, got into limes, I, did he? Yeah, I remember talking to this uh, <laughs> you about this, saying he, he's absolutely. I mean, I, I'm. I find it really disappointing <laughs> because if if you if you look at the rest of his approaches, he's quite you know scientific in the way he approaches player fitness. You know. Right. Kind of, you know, the, 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 the samples every day in order to assess fitness and tra- tailor training programs, sure. all the rest of it. And then he believes this flaky horse shit. And <laughs> I, I think, you know, I, I, I yeah, I, 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 I think remember, I, I, I remember I, talking to you about this before. You did and, talk and, about I, lemons. I, 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 and, lemons and, and auras. I, we talked I, about it. And, and I think you just took it as a kind of, um, I don't know, a vibes thing. Uh, just like, yes, you, you, I took I it about I auras. Auras yeah. for sure, which I'm into auras. I'm into all that. I think the aura that Ange puts off is very, very good. And I think his energy is good. I'm into all that. But I must admit, if we're going to zero in on, on, on citrus, which I found myself doing when you posted that in, in the WhatsApp, I have to say, and again, this is another somewhat confessional. I, I did read it and I thought, dear God, with a little bit of distance and history now between us and our relationship, this is crackers. And I think you even said at the point, this is exactly what someone needs to do, say to the Chelsea fan base right now. To, <laughs> to win them over. Yeah, I mean- to win them over. I was thinking, he went into limes being like family members of Lemons. That's fucking madness. <laughs> just, just... <laughs> Yeah, God, God, bring it. Just bring one last thing. He said it took a, a was it a year and a half or two years for the for the lemons to work at Spurs, and and I felt <laughs> I, I, I know where this is going. God, I felt a bit sorry for Jesus and the rest of his coaching team <laughs> that he credited turning around things at Spurs on a bowl of fruit <laughs> rather than his coaching team. You know, yeah, and I, I, you know, and and at Chelsea, <laughs> at Chelsea, it's the lemons on the pitch he should be worrying about, not his. <laughs> <laughs> not not what's in his office, you know. There's- God bless him as well. If he thinks he's going to get two years for the lemons to work their magic over there, I mean, he's but, a bit of a lemon himself at this point. I would have to say, bless him, and Ch- I say Chelsea- that with with love. But, Ch- Chelsea know. are a club built on bad energy. It's going to take more than a fruit salad to sort that out. <laughs> you know what? There's so much further we could go in this tangent, but we won't. There is going to be time at a future date. I can already feel not, that I he's am. He's not uh, going to last. He's not going to last until we play. He's them. not. I don't he's think not. He's, he's not going to last October. I don't think. Yeah, what I would love to ask him is, do you think those are the same lemons that he leaves in the bowl to work their magic for two years? Because any lemon I've left for longer than a couple of weeks usually gets mouldy. Does he change them? Of course he does. He must do, right? He must just completely refresh his lemons. Anyway, anyway, uh, yes, it has been, uh, well, it's been emotional today, I think, uh, for me. uh, uh, And I think also for you, I think I'm uh, safe in saying that. It's been great. It's been great. It's been been good. Um, Yep. We would have loved to win, but my word, I think we got our Tottenham back in the North London derby once again. And that is as much as you could have asked for today. So anyway, well, thanks very much, mate. Uh, Cheers, mate. <laughs> that was good. I'm going to try and get some sleep. Uh, I realised, you know, towards the end of this, I've, I was dithering a little bit as I was answering some of your questions and, and just talking in general and stuttering. And right in the middle of, of the Fat Boy Slim set, that I saw, they started projecting images of Boris Johnson with the word liar on it. And I was like thinking to myself, God, I'm starting to sound like Boris Johnson, the worst of the worst, <laughs> stuttering. I wonder if Milo can clean me up. I don't know. Anyway, a good weekend it has been. And with that, uh, Liverpool next weekend. Thanks very much, mate. And uh, Cheers. And we'll see you absolutely. next week. See you then. We'll see you next week. Cheers.